There he is. My man Joe is in the building. Hold on one second and we'll get him going. Let me just get Joe in here to join. We're live. What's up, dude? Mr. Sullivan, how you doing? Good. How are you, bro? Good. How's everything going? Uh, good. You know, uh, just uh, just finished getting out of the gym and uh, a little busy day today because we're flying to Chicago for that. Uh, that power surge meet tomorrow, but other than oh, that, yes, yeah. good. just just hanging out, you know. Yep, yep. Are you handling people out there or what? Uh, I'm helping. I'm helping Briani uh, handle her athletes. I don't actually have anybody that I'm coaching, but okay. I uh, she has three or four, I think, and gotcha. uh, just gonna be pulling some assistance, you know, because like okay. we always joke around, like when uh, when 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 somebody hires one of us in this household. It, you're pretty much hiring both of us because it's you just kind of little effort. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. I got yeah. you. Well, I'm sure she needs the help because handling, handling, as I learned recently, is is harder than competing sometimes. Oh, dude, I swear to God, I'm more, I'm more wound up and like stressed out after fucking uh, coaching and handling all day than I am actually competing. Like competing, competing is fun. Like I get to just be catered to and like oh i need this on the bar i need this on the bar oh i'm gonna grab a snack you know like i'm gonna go lay down and relax for a second like yeah, yeah, yeah. handling it's like fuck i have to do all that shit for everybody exactly. else so exactly. I, I was just telling someone else um at 9 11 uh shauna mendelson had a meet. i could i handled 11 people in one day fuck not, dude not pretty we went no, to dinner those are I was yeah. just like, I was like, give me my check. I'll see you guys tomorrow. I'm done. Yeah. When I, when I, uh, when I, when I owned a gym for a minute and was like, when, when I was like in Columbus and just had like a, a huge group of individuals that we just go to like meets and, and do like coaching, like anything more than like three or four people. And I had like multiple ones where it was like 10, 11, 12, like shit like that. It, 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 it's insane. Like there's no a, way. It was a lot. Yeah, there's no way that you can do it, like, to the best of your – like, you can do it to the best of your ability, but, like, you got to, like, point at somebody and be like, are you good? Are you fine? And I'd be like, exactly. all right, cool, I'm going to go over here. Yeah. Yeah, like, I had some people that were just in sleeves, so I was like, are you good? Like, go ahead. Like, I got to wrap this yeah. person. Then I had some multiply people that, yep. you know, so it, it was it was crazy. Yep, yep. I can't even imagine, like, multiply on top of everything else because, like, I, I, w I was in the shit – like just wrapping knees and whatnot, yeah. but like dealing with suits and fucking getting them on, like getting them situated, getting the shirt set and all that stuff. That's fucking crazy, dude. Oh yeah. It was a lot. I was dead. It was a two day meet and, and I got home and I felt like I did, like I competed for six days straight. You know what I mean? It was brutal. Yeah. So, I'm going uh, to shut my, uh, my washing machine door or my, my right. laundry room door just cause this shit's fucking loud. All right, so I want to get right into this uh, this this pro raw meet you just did, and the uh, talk about your your new all time world record. Mm -hmm. Why don't you walk? Why don't you walk everybody through the whole you know the whole process where, you know how your prep went, how confident you felt getting into that you know all time world record. You know this is, I mean, how many times have you broken your own record now? Uh, well, like if you can, like I've rebroken my own record at two meets, but I've rebroken it on the second attempt at each one of those meets. And then broke it again, yeah. Yeah, so so te technically like four four times. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. So uh I originally I took I took the record from Amit Sapir, uh who who had that in two thousand he broke it in two thousand fifteen and I, I took it uh I chipped it in two thousand twenty and then I've just been incrementally like adding some shit to it as we go along yeah. but uh like i was <clears throat> my prep i i this this was actually the first time that i've actually like handed the entirety of the reins to another person i've always i've always i've had coaches in the yeah. past but i've i've done more like collaborative stuff where it was like okay this is what they think like using them as a consultant rather than yeah, just yeah, like yeah. you know because like you get to a certain level of like 
uh, achievement or like lifting or whatever. And it's very hard to just be like, okay, this is, I'm just listening. Well, I'm yeah, just you know, going I'm, to follow you know this what one. works best for you better than anybody else. You know, mm -hmm. You've been doing this a very long time. So a absolutely. You know, it, it's, and, hard, it's hard to give somebody that free reign of you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I, I still had a little level, like a level of like collaborative uh, nature with who I'm working with now, because it, it's Jake Benson, who no one knows who Jake is, like, like people do, but uh, it he, he barely posts on Instagram. He, he's a very like low flying guy. Hey, baby, yeah. can you get the dog, please? Um, but he, uh, he's, he's very low key. But I, I got to say, like, Jake is the most intelligent, like, sports coach on the planet that I know of right now uh, yeah. because he he doesn't – powerlifting is not his main thing. He, he works with professional athletes, like, in, in the highest of levels of professional. I can talk about this. Bree's like, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up. What? No, <laughs> I, talk, I talk to Jake about it, and he <laughs> – She's mad now. Um, I I talk I talk to Jake about it, and as as long as I don't mention like what it is, because yeah. there's there's like. Uh, uh, <laughs> don't get yourself in trouble. But it's basically just he works with the top of the top, and I'm really fortunate to be working with him, uh, uh, like al alongside of him and like with his with his guidance. And uh, I gave all the reins to him, but wh whether it was like my diet, my training, and we still talked about everything. And I still like had a, a big, uh, a big level of collaboration with him. But like, I essentially checked all of the boxes possible to have myself be prepared going into this meet. So there's still, there's still a certain level of fear just because like the, the, the weight is extreme. It's, it's 800 something pounds raw. Yeah. And, and like, you, you never know what's going to happen, but, uh, <clears throat> but I prepared the best that I could. So going into this competition, I was extremely confident. I was going to re-break my own record and, yeah. and up it further. And if you go back and look at the, uh, look at the videos, like look at the recaps of the, uh, of the performance itself. Like I left some pounds, on the oh, platform. Yeah. I thought so, absolutely. Yeah. So and and I know that. And like looking back, part of me is like, oh man, I could have called for more. But I'm the type of guy where like this isn't this isn't my last powerlifting meet. I'm exactly. I'm, I'm not done. I'm I've been competing since two thousand seven, so a long, long time. But wow. I'm still only twenty nine years old. I still have a couple of years uh, to go at the top end. And I'm just going to keep incrementally increasing just to basically ensure I keep making that forward progress. And I, I don't, I, I'm less liable to have one of those instances where like my knee blows off or some shit like that. So for sure. Yeah. I was super confident and I was super stoked about doing it. And uh, you know, I just, I went out and broke it on my second chip chipped my previous record on my second just to solidify it like barring any like i i stumble on the walkout or some shit yeah, exactly, like that exactly. um and then on my third i called for 849 uh, 385 kilos and i smoked that too like based on uh based on the way that moved and the way that it felt because it was fucking heavy like believe me it's heavy weight yeah but um but uh what's it called i uh I, I w I'm pretty confident that I was good for something around like 865 on the day. Um, but, but I'm cool. I'm cool with not, I'm cool with not getting it because I'll do another one and I'll do it again. So now have you, have you hit more than that 849 in the gym? I have not. You have not. Okay. No, uh, well, that, that was say, the, yeah. I mean, what would, what would you attribute? I mean, I wanted to talk about the meat as a whole first, but what would you attribute to like your longevity in the sport, you know, you, there's a lot of guys that cannot put up. What, what have you been in 17 years now or, or like 15, 15 something like that. Yeah. You know, we see a lot of flash in the pan guys that come and go two years, three years, four years. Mm -hmm. so what, what would you, you say your main, like what contributes to that mainly is staying like healthy and, and keeping the longevity. Um, it's, it's hard to say because I haven't exactly been like the smartest 
with my training in the past, like training. I don't We didn't really talk about any, like what, am I allowed to like talk about drugs? Yeah. Yeah. You could talk about okay, it. I, 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 I planned on getting into that. So go ahead. I, okay. I, I just don't know if like there's anything off limits or whatever. So just no, making sure. But, is, anything goes. Okay, cool. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, in my past, like I've done like the, the, like what you could call like drug abuse, like, like the, the dumb shit. Um, yeah. so I, I haven't exactly always been like the, uh, the poster child for longevity. I've more so been like the poster child for like stubbornness and just not getting out of it. Even when, even when my health was not that great, when my mental yeah. health, my physical health, all that stuff wasn't that good. There were a lot of times where like I, I should have backed off, but I didn't, I just stuck with it. But I genuinely believe a lot of the stuff that I, 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 I did and I've the mistakes I've made, I've, I, I've learned from that because I, I haven't quit. I haven't backed off and I haven't like yeah. gotten out of the sport. I've learned from those mistakes. And now that I'm a more mature athlete, a more mature guy, I can see what I was doing incorrectly in the past or less than intelligently in the past. And yeah. I, I know what not to do now. Like I know like Joe, four or five years ago like may have trained through an ache or a pain or like an injury or just put like wrapped my quad if i tweaked it and been like fuck yeah, it, i'm yeah, just gonna yeah, go yeah. through it but yeah. uh but now like the 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 newer me is like okay let's how can how can i address this in a more responsible way how can i do this or that because for instance at the meet like talking about the meet as a whole i my squats went great bench i got i got called uh for my butt coming up on my second and then up and down on my third so i wasn't able to get the numbers that i wanted on bench i'm going into deadlifts and deadlifts are like my my, my back had taken a beating from squats yeah. and joe four years ago five years ago would have probably like take it like taken a fucking Percocet or something like that and just been like, fuck it. I'm going to get amped up. Fuck the pain. Fuck this shit. I'm going to pull seven anyway. But me now, it's like I knew that my total wasn't going to be quite as much as I wanted it to be. And there was no sense in going for a, a huge deadlift. My back was hurting. Yeah. So, so I, I knocked my opener down and I just hit like six. I think it was like 606 on my second. And then I scratched my third because I was like, there's no point. You know, yeah, yeah. There's, there's always more meats out there. So the biggest thing, the biggest thing that I would credit, like uh, uh, longevity and just like being in this uh, as long as I have is finding the line. So like you, you don't know where your line is until you find it. And, and yeah, yeah. you can only find it by crossing it a little bit. So yep. find your line, but then don't continually push over it. Push over find it, it the yeah. one time and be like, OK, I see it now. I'm not going to go quite there. I'm not yeah. going to go quite there. So, so, so a little stubbornness, a little dumb luck, and then you, and then you found everything and, and, and matured. Pretty much, and and just really like, so don't don't stop, don't stop trying, don't never stop being a student of the game. You know, like yeah, don't sure. always keep trying to learn, and that and that means like different people, because like I've trained with, like I, I've trained with Dave Tate, I've trained with Chris Duffin, I've trained with a lot of different people over the years, and I've spoken to even more. You know, like it's it's just don't 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 just confine yourself to like one group of individuals like like sure. go go to seminars go to like ask questions to people like get different perspectives and just just see see where the line is for you but see where the line is for other people because it, it might be there not just because that's who they are it might be there because of some techniques they're implementing some training they've implemented or just uh, the way they approach things oh yeah i mean it's all a learning experience i've, I've only been in powerlifting now for two years Mm -hmm. But, you know, I've gotten myself to a decent level where, you know, I'll be at the Ghost Clash in February. I hit my first 2K raw total last year. So, but every day I'm, in, I'm learning from somebody. I started mm -hmm. this podcast to, to learn from you guys. You know, it, it's a pleasure to have guys like you here, first of all. I mean, I've been a fan of you, so I appreciate Thank you coming you. on. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, what I talk about with everyone, especially young kids, when I bring young clients in, stuff like that. It's always, it's always, you know, learn, 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 shut your mouth and just listen and just listen from everybody. You know what I mean? I'm in a gym, like, like you posted earlier, I'm in a gym that's predominantly multiply lifters. I'm one of the only raw guys in there, but 
I still learn a ton from those guys too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and I found, like you said, I found my line because for six months, I tried to keep up with, with Skiba and, and Chris Delafave squatting with them every Sunday and they're in the suits. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, I just want to stay within 200 pounds of Mike or 300 pounds of Chris, mm-hmm. you know, but, but then I realized, you know, all that, um, that extra, you know, accommodating resistance and stuff doesn't exactly work as much as we'd like it for raw lifters or mm-hmm. for me, maybe for me, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, you know, where, where we're missing, they're, they're focusing more on their top end strength where we need our strength out of the hole. So I noticed mm-hmm. some of my training backtrack. So it was always just like a trial and error thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just learning. Yeah. And, and that's, uh, well, before before we move on, just talking about your your lifting, that's super similar to like the path that I had because I trained at Elite FTS for like two and a half year, two and a half three years, and and I did the same thing. Like I was always the raw guy there. They were yeah. always at minimum in briefs, and yeah. that kind that can kind of uh, help you understand like because they they're lifting in the ply, so the the ply creates tension on its own. So they like sit into the tension. So they get that power at the bottom. That tension is created through that material because they have that on you as a raw lifter, you have to create that tension and that torque with your own musculature. That's why it was so important for me to figure out how to get the proper foot pressure, how to get the proper external rotation at the hips and how to create all the tension through the shoulder and the lats and create that like coiled spring feeling as much creating as much pressure as I could with my own body rather yep. than relying on material to do so. And, and sure. look at so much of my coaching these days, like every t- damn near every time I do a technique analysis video or, or like r- talk about someone's form on my story, it's like, hey, you need to create more tension. You need to create more tension because the multiply guys, they, they know what tension is because it's forced upon them. Raw yes. lifters don't understand a lot of the times don't understand what tension is because you have to create it from yourself and find it within yourself. So that's well, a skill to develop as a raw lifter. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that, that's a good point you made because I think maybe like four or five weeks ago, I threw on a pair of briefs for the first time, mm-hmm. just playing around, but I feel like it already made me a better squatter. Yeah. Just, just, just playing around with it, learning the foot position, screwing my feet in differently. You know what I mean? It, it just taught me, it, it taught me a lot of things that I carried back over into my raw, you know what I mean? And um, it, it, that's just a good point you mentioned because it, it, it is, um, it, it is completely different movement, but you know, you do have to create that same tension, that same, uh, you know, slingshot effect, you know what I mean? The, mm-hmm. the, the tensile tension, you know, all that stuff. So. Yeah, absolutely. And and it, even though even though the movements are different, those biomechanical and those like strong principles remain the same. It's yes. tension has to be in the hips and the shoulders. How do we create that tension? However the fuck you need to cue it. Like cue like yeah. elbows, lats, fucking hips, whatever the fuck. Yeah. Whatever yeah. I say to get you to do the action or whatever you need to think about to feel that tension that's what you need to pursue pursue and, and it taught me patience <laughs> yeah because yeah, they're, they're much more patient lifters and i'm a very fast squatter but sometimes if i go too fast i tend to lose that tension mm-hmm. and almost dive bomb yeah then i hit 100%. the hole and it's like oh shit you know when i'm in the hole and it's like oh my god there is 700 pounds on my back you know yep exactly so, so it did teach me to be meet more patient build more tension all that stuff so let's get over. I want to get over to bench. What did you? Uh, I know you're not one to really critique judging much, from what I know at least. But what do you think about the bench calls? Uh, it's like it's one of those things. Everybody, everybody's got a bone to pick with Garrett, yeah. and and everyone everyone was like, "Oh, dude!" Like people were telling Garrett that I was pissed at him, and yeah. I was like, "No, I'm not. I was pissed yeah. at the call, but I'm not yeah. pissed at Garrett. Like Garrett's yeah. a head judge. Garrett saw what he saw." And I'm, I'm strict as fuck too. Like I would, I would like, don't ever put me in a judge's chair at one of your guys' multiply meets because (laughs) they'd fucking hate me, man. Like they absolutely would. Every time I was at elite FTS and like Dave was squatting or Ted was squatting or any of the other guys was squatting. I was like, that was fucking high. That was fucking high. That was fucking high. You know, 
So yes. I'm never going to get mad at, at a judge's call. It's yep. disappointing because, like, I don't know how much you know about, like, uh, the, the nerve injury that I had uh, with, with uh, you, have, you know that, that bar bend? Or the well, bar, yeah, yeah. so when I asked about that video, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So when that happened, I actually herniated my C6 and C7, uh, and, and it compressed my thoracodorsal and my dorsal scapular nerves, which essentially I, I, did, I hit a touch-and-go bench at 575 raw, in 2018 later in 2018 after that bar bend incident i couldn't lock out 225 i couldn't do a push-up without my scapula winging because it literally killed my left tricep and my left lat for like six months and then i had to re i had to rework a bunch of patterns and come back from that and this the past uh when when this meet that i just did was the wrpf showdown last year i was only able to bench 419 pounds for my opener and that's yep. all i was able to do whereas my previous platform pr was 545 so but you're I just got, happy I was, to roll with the comeback yeah i was i was even though even though i only hit my opener at 496 and i i didn't get 523 and neither one of my 527 call come through i don't know what that was um but even though i was only able to, or i wasn't able to like count 523 on the board i still locked it out two times on both of the attempts to win for so, so sorry this shit is exploding i don't know what the fuck is going you're on fine. but <laughs> you're um, fine. but uh even though I was, I did. It didn't count. Just being able to lock out five twenty three and know that that's there, and know that the strength is there for a five hundred and forty pound ish bench at this yep. point. That's I'm super stoked about that because, like I said earlier in the podcast, this isn't my last meet. I'm I'm gonna go again. I'm gonna do it again. And I know I know for a fact that even though it didn't come together at this meet, one of these times it's going to. So. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you mentioned, you know, tapering back the deadlift uh, because you knew that the goal, your goal total wasn't there uh, after missing the bench. What was the goal total? Uh, it, an ideal that so the perfect day that would have happened was me break the squat world record uh, again, hit like any anything above it. So let's say it was just that 849. Yeah. Then I was going to, I was planning to call for 545 or 5, 551 on my third bench. Okay. So let's say 545. And then I was, I, my original opener was uh, 672 on deadlift. And then I was going to go to uh, 727 on my second. And that was probably going to be it because I'm, I'm, I, I, with, with the nerve injury, the, the ulnar nerve, which is the one that hits the pinky and the outside of the hand, this yep. is completely severed. So I can't feel this and I, I can move it, but I can't, I have like no sensation in my pinky. So the so, grip is Pardon? So the grip is an issue. Grip's an issue, but I'm, I was going to open at mixed grip on 672 and then using that new, the new uh, Kabuki deadlift bar, I can hook it, but I'm only really good for one pull hook before it annihilates my thumbs because the knurling is so fucking aggressive and I got, I got like fucking meat paws, but... <laughs> But I was gonna. I was hopefully gonna hit 727 on my second, and then just call it because I wasn't likely gonna be able to good be good for a third. So whatever that total is, like 849, 545, 727, which is like a 20. It's like a 2100 something total. Gotcha. Nice. So, nice. Yeah. So while we're talking about Kabuki bar, somebody asked, "What are your thoughts on the uh, Kabuki deadlift bar overall?" And what uh, do you think it's more beneficial for sumo lifters than conventional lifters? I, th I think it's more, I definitely think it's more beneficial for sumo lifters. Um, and my thoughts as a whole, I just think it's completely unnecessary. 
uh, it's one of those things like, why are we innovating on a thing that is already innovated enough? Like no one, no one, no one was complaining about deadlift bars. No one asked for a whippier bar. Yeah, no, no one, no one asked for for a for a longer bar or anything. So it was kind of like, why are why is this the innovation that we're like pursuing? I I don't really mind it. I'm not the guy where it's like, oh, this is ruining the sport or whatever. Like Dan Grigsby hit. A thousand seventy-four or whatever the fuck. Yeah, the American Pro. Yeah, the American Pro. And I genuinely think Danny was going to hit that on a Texas bar. Like it it just might have happened a little bit sooner because of the Kabuki. But it's also like I have no idea. I don't know, and I don't really give that much of a fuck because everybody's using it. So it's like it's just the new standard. I don't. I, I think it's unnecessary, but. I'm not, I'm also not going to like be up in arms be like, why are we doing this? It's just kind of yeah, yeah, how yeah. it is, you know? Yeah, I got you. I got you. So um, what's next? What's the next goal? What's the next meet? Any any plans yet or what? I, I originally was planning to do um, WRPF Nationals, uh, which is October 22nd here in Las Vegas, just to like string a peak together. And honestly, I was going to go for the 242 all-time squat. Uh, because I, I'm only 10 pounds beneath it uh, yeah. with my with my 220 record, but I'm I'm beat up and it's like I just don't really fucking want to at this point. And I already I already stressed Bree out enough with this past prep, so it's like we yeah. need we need some time to like just fucking back off and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and, and I it's it's just good for me to do that, you know. So yeah. I I'm I'm into an off season right now. I'm I'm considering like I'm really just focused on like training like an athlete again, like yep, like yep. short rest times, like GPP, just what what one would consider like gen like generally GPP, like general physical preparedness. Uh, yep. Just get my cardiovascular training back up, feel good again, and then and then consider. Uh, I'm considering doing another meet like midway through the year because I, I have in the past uh, pretty much just done one a year for the past like three years. But having Jake run run my life because it, it's not just like my my training that Jake is running right now. He's running my lifestyle, so like all the supplementation, uh, the diet, like everything outside of the gym too. Okay. Um, yeah. And I'm in a much uh, a much healthier position than I ever have been because, yeah. again, I don't know how much you know ab- about my background, but I was like I was on Adderall for a super long time just because I, I have okay. I have really bad ADHD uh, as as just a human, and then I had also gotten into like the illicit drug use to like self medicate on top of that, yeah. so I was using like a good bit of cocaine for a minute there. And it was just like a lot, of, a lot of bad stuff, a lot of stuff that was like compounding some health issues that I had been facing. And yeah. I've gotten away from that in the past like two years. Uh, and I'm just in a much healthier position. So I'm considering doing another meet around like February, March time. But I'm also not 100% on it. If I were to do that, it would probably be something where like I don't really – I don't peak as hard as I would for like a high priority meet. I'd treat it as like a local competition, go in, maybe try to break the 242 all-time squat, maybe just try to put, uh, put together a, a, a bigger total than I ever have or, yeah. or, or just something, you know, it's like, it's one of those things. Like I'm thinking about it, but I'm pretty much definitively going to do either the USBA pro raw championships again next year or do that American pro meet just depending on like schedules and, and where yeah. everybody else goes. Cause it's like, I want to go where the competition is going to be. Of course. So of course. yeah, but we'll, we'll see. So, so while, while I have you on that topic of, you know, you talked a little bit about mental health and stuff like that. Um, when I originally created this podcast, it was to talk about the correlation between physical health and mental health. Um, you know, I see now I, I was watching a podcast of yours, I think when you were on either West, uh, no, Table Talk, and you were mm-hmm. talking about like you're a big advocate for like uh, meditation and stuff like that. Is that is that stuff that you find helped your mental health? A- absolutely, dude. Like uh, w- it's it's really like 
I, I never, because like, it's not one size fit, fits all. I, I'm not going to say like, oh, everybody needs to meditate or everybody needs to go to therapy or everybody needs to do the shit that I do exactly. But there's just a huge, huge value in, in each individual's ability to like identify things that they're not that good at in terms of their mental health and then getting better at it. Like I've, I, I've, I've been like, I'm super open with all my stuff. Like I, I tried to kill myself uh, when I was 17 and I've been in and out of therapy consistently since like 2017. Um, and, and because of that, I've developed a lot. I, I've forced myself to kind of develop a lot of, a lot of good strategies and, and better coping mechanisms than what I've had in the past. Cause I'm, I'm a really like 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 I said I have I have very very bad ADHD like like Bree will joke with me and like look at me some mornings cuz I'll like throw an airpod in cuz I need yeah. to have like music playing cuz if if I don't occupy my brain in some way I get way too all over the place and, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it it's like that type of thing and and she'll joke cuz I'll put an airpod in or I'll put like my my uh, I have like these orange tinted glasses that like kind of just like put me down a little bit they're like blue yeah, like yeah. blocking lenses but they just help me kind of like chill and yeah. I'll, I'll do that some mornings and she'll look at me and be like you you feeling you feeling extra autistic today or what what's going on and i'm like yeah a little bit you know it's just how it goes but but that's the value behind like going to therapy and, and not just because i'm and that's why i'm never going to be the guy that's like oh everybody needs to go to therapy because like a lot of people will go to therapy and just treat it as like this weekly venting session where they go and they're like, oh my God, my life is so hard. Like, you'll never believe what my girlfriend did, blah, blah, blah. And just like treat it as this like outlet, this emotional outlet, which is valuable sometimes. Yeah. But you generally want to go into it and base, and, and it's really beneficial when you like identify things that like, this is stuff that I am bad at. How can I get better at these things so it makes me a better person? for everybody that I come into contact with. Well, then, and, and then doing the work outside of yes. there. Yeah. Just like it would be for, for someone going to a personal trainer. Mm -hmm. You can get a good hour of training in, mm -hmm. but what are you going to do the other five, six days of the week when you're not with your trainer? That's what's going to make you better. You know what it, I mean? Absolutely. And that, that's exactly how I looked at it when, when I started doing it. And when, when I talk about like encouraging people to go do that, there's only so much you can do in, in an hour of time throughout your, your entire like life or, or that, that week as a whole. So identify things like whether it's like through journaling or through like activities or just like little, little fucking exercises how can, how can I apply these things day to day so that it's not, it, it doesn't just become an automatic response where like in the past, if I was, if I, if I just let myself be who I, who I was as like that angry, super pissed off, super spastic, super manic 17, 18 year old, it, my immediate reaction, if, if like my, like Bree looks at me and is like, Hey, you need to like, pick up this thing or like hey can you help me do this thing immediate reaction sometimes is like shut the fuck up i have my own shit going on like fuck yeah, you yeah, the fuck, you know <laughs> but but because that's not how humans work and that's not how like we we need to act as like emotional and loving beings it's like the only way that you can get to a point where you're like okay hey that's not how i need to fucking think in this position be more understanding, be more empathetic. That's doing that work and showing up and forcing yourself to think with other people's perspectives in mind. And, and that's where the value is with therapy and mental health and stuff. It's not, it's not, it's not like, it's not making yourself become a better person just by dealing with yourself. It's making, it's forcing yourself to level up or like elevate the way that you think in relation to other people and in, in your entire life, because your life isn't in a vacuum. It's, yep. it's exposed to every other perspective. It's like you and I are exposed to one another perspective right now, you know, yep. and, and we can either learn from that and understand that your experience is just as valid as mine, 
or we could come to a point where like we have a discussion and, and it's like, oh, well, I don't, I don't agree with you on that. And then it's immediately like, well, fuck you, bro. You know? And, and that's where a lot of people are these days. That's where a lot of people, that's what a you lot of uh, social do. media more than anything. Yeah. And, and that, and that's, can't have a conversation. Mm -mm. And, and that's the struggle with a lot of powerlifting because oh, yeah. like I, I personally, I don't compete in multiply. I don't, I don't really have any like goals in multiply at this point, but I understand that there are people that do. I'm never going to be the guy that is like, Oh, that's, that's fucking retarded man. Yeah, yeah. Because like just as easily, if I, if I was born in Columbus, Ohio, and I grew up in Columbus, Ohio, and I started powerlifting when I was 14 in Columbus, Ohio, if yeah, that yeah. was, if that was the case, I'm so confident I would be in multiply right now. Oh, for sure. That's, that's just sure. the bottom line, you know, but I didn't. It's just, there's so many variables there, you know, and oh, as soon as you understand there. that somebody else's perspective is just as valid as yours, stuff gets a lot more easy to understand. So is there a possibility down the road we'll see you in gear? Bro, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like once, because I, I really want to squat 900 in sleeves. Yeah like yeah. raw raw at some point but then there's another there's a big appeal to me uh because i genuinely think that i could squat a thousand uh yeah. in, in wraps just because yeah. i'm so good at squatting and i'm so good at that tension um and then i think like man if i was able to squat like a thousand in wraps i'm like i wonder what the fuck i could do if i like put multiply on but yeah. then but then i'm like how like it gets to a point where it's like, are we literally just like not really testing the muscles anymore? We're like testing, yeah, yeah, yeah. like how like much can a, shit, yeah, how much, shit. yeah. And how much can a human skeleton like sustain? And it's just like, fuck, I don't know. I don't know. You know, well, that's, kind of, it, that's kind of what yeah. I was saying about these band shirts. That they're yeah. Having. Yes. You, know, you see people snapping their arms in half because mm -hmm. they're, a, they're a 350 pound bencher. And now they're trying to bench 800 pounds. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, the shirt can handle it, but can your joints handle it? Can your exactly. wrists and elbows and, and, and tendons and ligaments handle it? And these people are blowing their arms off mm -hmm. because, you know, they're not building their actual, their, their muscle and their, and their, you know, bone structure for all this stuff. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yep. So they're just That's overloading, overloading to the max. It's not like putting a reverse band up. I mean, they're handling an extra 400 pounds that they've never had in their hands before. Mm hmm Yep. You know, the, the the margin for error is is so minimal. Yep, Dude, and and that and that's a huge thing that goes into not not only like geared lifting but even wrap lifting. Like with with a raw squat, my knee can cave a little bit just because I've done so many fucking repetitions there. So like so many reps, so much movement, so much stuff with with the actual like supportive equipment just being my body. So like if if I get folded over a little on my on my one rep max like and i'm going for 865 and i get a little forward i can fucking i can probably come out of it you know but if you have that level of like bar roll or knee cave or lose that little that just that minuscule that iota of position in in even just wraps or in multiply it's like there's there's no like muscling your way through that no no it's the gears the gears stronger than you are you know yeah so so now you said uh, when we started, you said when you own the gym, you no longer own a gym. Mm -mm, nope. Okay. I, uh, I, I got out of that, uh, this Pat, uh, I don't know. Um, like a year and a half, two years ago. Okay. Uh, yeah. Just, uh, kind of separated myself from that one. Was that, was that a huge help for your mental health? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, like we, we don't need to get into that extremely, no, like no. not just, not just, owning the gym was stressful but it's like if just as a word of advice for anyone if if you do go into business vet your partners very very hard and yes. and if possible avoid partnering with people yep 100 percent. so that that's just my advice um, yeah <laughs> another thing i i heard you say uh, uh when you were on the podcast was um you know, you said about one-on-one -on -one training that you don't, you don't like the, uh, you know, the thought of right now yourself coaching someone one-on-one -on -one because you're talking at, you know, upwards of 150 or more an hour. And 
for a strength athlete, that's just not enough time. That's not enough time for it to be beneficial. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and now it was just something I, I was thinking about as well, because I, I've mentioned this to my powerlifting clients for the majority of my strictly powerlifting clients is more like I do their programming and I do critiquing mm -hmm. rather than one-on-one -on -one training. The one-on-one -on -one training I do is with athletes. And mm -hmm. then I have like some of your typical, like just body comp and weight loss clients. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But um, I think that's what people, people don't understand is how much time really goes into being a strength athlete, even inside a gym, you know, the time the time we spend just warming up and, and cooling down could be the hour that is your one hour session you know what i mean yep a hundred percent dude and that's and that's that's why like i i i love i love in-person coaching both both in-person coaching for like strength athletes but also like gen pop and just body composition and, and athletes and whatnot like i love yep. that stuff but if most of my clientele is powerlifters or strength athletes, which most of my clientele is, it's not going to make sense for me to be like, okay, this, like I'm looking for in-person clients doing this because I like, how much can you achieve in an hour? Like if I have some, like if you look at any of my, any of my online clients, like uh, my, I use Google Docs and whatnot. If you looked at their their Google Doc and and was like, okay, when are we going to devote the hour of time to this? It's like yeah. wh which which section am I going to choose? Because they have an entire like list of corrective exercises and like active warm ups to do, and then they have like a lot of them in their off seasons have a good bit of accessory work prior to the main movement and then do the main movement and then additional accessory work afterwards. Well, exactly. So it, 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 I'm, I'm the same way. It's like, I like writing the program and, and, and giving them that and, and giving the care to do that, but then just doing like the technical feedback and, and stuff like that, you can get a lot done. And then I, I'm just lucky because I have, I, I have such a devoted client base and, and I, I guess I'm good at what I do that I have, uh, I have people that will like come, come to Vegas, like whether it's like flying or driving out here, if they're on the West coast, just to get like a one-off session in where it's yeah. just like, okay, I'll take a look at your main work or your whatever. And, yeah. and it's, it's more beneficial, at least in my, in, in the instance of like my coaching where it's like, okay, I'll take a look at you and like be there once every couple of months or like yeah, once yeah. a month just to see like okay what's 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 going on i've been giving you this cue remotely and like talking to you but like how can we get how can we get you to understand this in person exactly and that, and that's kind of how i do with like um people local to me an hour or two away mm -hmm. i say hey these are the times i'm in i'm in the gym when i go to hellbent and I say, like, if you stop in there and you're doing your workout that day and I'm there, I got eyes on you. I'll, mm -hmm. I'll critique things. I'll help you out. But please know that I'm also working out, too. You know what I mean? So yep. in between my sets, I'll come spot you. I'll, I'll come correct something, fix something. But, you know, one-on-one -on -one sessions for a strength athlete looks more like four hours. And no one really has the money to pay for four hours of uh, one, one session. You know what I mean? Yep, 100%. For the amount of what they're going to get you know what i mean mm -hmm. yep and i'm the same way like i love i have guys i have guys that i i coach that i train around all the time and it's like if i'm there and i see you there and you're like hey will you come watch this set it's like fuck yeah dude like absolutely i'd love to you know yeah. but it's also like hey if if i need a spot you better get over here or exactly. if, if like if i need to go do something if, I, if i'm in like this gpp phase and and like just the the general like cardiovascular phase it's like if i got time dressed like i'll watch but if i'm like i got like 45 more seconds it's like i'm going i'm going yeah yeah, yeah yeah same thing and i and i'm trying to make like my my younger or like beginner um clients realize how powerlifting is all about giving back too you know what i mean like mm -hmm. all right i'll help you like you just said i'll help you spot you quick but now you're going to come over here and load a plate or you're going to spot this person, or you're going to run a mono lift over here in between your rest sets too. Yep, hundred percent. Try, try to make the whole gym more fine tuned. You know. You good? Yep. She just right, is so. loud. <laughs> <laughs> All good. 
Um, so I got some a bunch of Instagram questions for you. Oh, I'm sure you do. Are you ready? I, I guess, man. So after a big event like you just did, do you ever get post-meet blues? No, I mean, no, honestly. Like, I have... I have I, I have clients that experience that, and I ha I've like I've had the shush, buddy, motherfuck, this house is so loud. It's okay, dude. He his mom leaves, and he's like, I'm, <laughs> buddy. Hey, hey, come here, come here. He he has he has post meat blues. Come here, but no, I. I have a lot of clients that have it. Honestly, Briani deals with it uh, pr pretty pretty hard sometimes. But I think as you go along and just you, you're in this lo long enough, because like like I like I said earlier, I've been doing this since 2007. It's just a part of my life. I know that like I know that I'm not done, and I know that this isn't my last meet, and I know that no matter if I take a year or three off, I'm going to be back at some point. So I don't really deal with that that much. Come here, come here, come here. I'm wondering, you know, I've, that's only the second time I've heard of that. So I'm wondering if that's more a beginner thing because of the experience and less of, because I know like prep is grueling and I'm almost happy to be done when it's over. You know what I mean? Like. Sharing with a shower and shit in the morning. What the hell is that? You there? Hello? Hello, 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 hello. There we go. We're good now. I don't know what the hell just happened. I don't know what just went on either. Um but you were saying you were saying that uh you were saying that it was like more of a more of a beginner thing. And I, I, I was wondering if it was because, you know, I know prep is grueling and almost when I get to the meet, I'm almost ready for it to be over. Like I'm excited to compete, but then mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, like I'm looking forward to that, that downtime. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I, I'm the same way. That's what I was feeling like at the end of, at the end of my prep, like I, uh, I was just, I was beat up, man. And that's why, that's why it was like pretty definitively like, uh, the the case in my mind that I was like I'm not gonna do WRPF nationals at this like after this I just need a break and I don't know if that kind of tells you something but it's like if you're if you're already so excited to compete at the next meet after the one that you're doing it's like maybe you left some stuff on the you table like you, you yeah. might not you might not have pushed as hard as you wanted to or you might not have like explored every avenue that you could have to do as well as you could for this one yeah absolutely yeah um let's see how do you cue bracing and tightening your back and lats on low bar is it different from high than high bar um not, like yes and no but it's always good like i don't want to just i don't want to say like a this is the only way to do it thing because it depends on yeah. each person uh so a good a good way to to cue bracing and like tying the lats into the brace is really just getting people to well the the biggest important thing here is to get good enough shoulder mobility so that you can actually create active tension through that range of motion when yeah. you're i'm really sorry about my dog buddy no, you're fine you're fine damn dude fuck um but getting enough shoulder mobility so that you can actually create active tension through the shoulder because there are so many guys that are like you're 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 literally to do low bar the bar is like in their fingertips yeah. and when when you're just in the fingertips it's very very hard to actually create tension. So I would say the biggest thing is to, uh, is, is to basically get enough shoulder mobility so that you can achieve a good position, whether it's high bar or low bar, and yep. then understanding what muscles actually, like what the muscles actually need to be doing during the squat to create that tension. So that it's just kind of a little bit of like biomechanical knowledge, because what does, what muscle, what muscle does the lat work on or what, what bone does the muscle, lat, the lat, cause to move, which is the humerus, this guy, yeah. 
right here. So if I know that, and I know that I'm getting under the squat and I want my lats to tension down and in to create, to create this shelf through my, my mid back and create yep. this stable position that ties into my diaphragm, where does my humerus need to go? It needs to go down and in. Yep. So that's why, that's why in all my squat videos, you can hear Briani cueing me elbows because I'm actively trying to pull my elbow into my yep. oblique. It's down and in. It's not this like crank under externally yeah, rotate yeah, the shoulder. I see that a lot, but really it's. Yeah, and, and that's, that's what a lot of people think it is. They think about get your elbows down, get your elbows down, but it's not getting your elbows down. It's getting your elbows down through the action of like trying to pull the humerus into your own body. There's another one that I like to use where it's close the gap between your tricep and your lat, like if somebody was like trying to stick their fingers in there, you're oh, trying to pinch them. Yeah, so I like that. If, if, you do, if you do that, and sometimes I even say like, pull your lats into your belt and just literally try to like crank this down at the same time as creating that 360 degree, 360 degree expansion, then you'll, you'll tie it together. It's, it's, and that's, that's just kind of playing with it. You know, yeah. that's why that's why I, I still use uh, as as over as overplayed as it is. Uh, that's why I'm still a big proponent of the uh, breath belt, because it's literally just like an elastic band you can put around your midsection, but it pushes into you and you have to push out against it. So yeah. if you if you can literally like actively be like, OK, I'm pushing against this thing and then I'm locking this down, it just gives you a better feel as to like what that that sensation is going to be like when you get it correct for sure for sure all right what would uh would you consider opening in quotations would you consider opening elbows while pre bench pressing a technique flaw i would no, ask sure. i would ask sure what really. yeah i would ask what you mean by opening elbows i'm assuming flaring maybe i, I don't like not necessarily because like you there it, it's a balance you like everybody thinks like tuck the elbows like tuck 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 and that's that's the external rotation at the shoulder that yeah. causes this like tucking and you want external rotation at the shoulder because that's lat involvement it's that depression and uh retraction of the scapula but you also want thoracic extension and lateral tension on the bar that pull the bar apart cue, which is yep. the flaring the elbows and keeping the, the elbow or keeping the shoulder more in neutral. So like, no, not necessarily, but the way that you're phrasing that, I don't know if that person yeah. understands what they're actually asking. So I can't really answer it. Yeah. I think it, what's hard too, is a lot of people, you know, they ask these questions that are very, you know, they're not as specific as people think. Whereas like, mm -hmm. um, you know, cues and, and, and form and high bar versus low bar and everything is, is subjective for and different for all different people. You know what yep. I mean? It, 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 there's not really a, a one answer is correct. Yeah. Per se. And, and, and it's so hard, like, it's so hard to make people happy with, with an answer that is, it depends. You know, yeah, so exactly. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on the knees over toes approach to strengthen everything for powerlifting? Uh, I mean, it's 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 market. It's a marketing gimmick, man. It's like yeah. it's it's cool, and if it gets people to understand that they can be a little bit more flexible and not be like so stiff that they fucking blow an adductor every time they peak, great. Yeah. But it's yeah, also yeah, yeah. not, but, but th this is another like it depends thing because it's not, yeah. it's not, it's not some end all be all like, oh my God, I did knees over toes guys program and now I'm fucking super strong and great. It's like maybe, maybe as a power lifter, we should be able to touch our toes or, or stretch a little bit or move without having to like hold our breath and fucking use the Valsalva maneuver to put our shoes on. But, <laughs> but it's also like, if you want to squat 850 pounds at 220, there has to be a certain level of rigidity too. And somebody helped me put my fucking shoes on for deadlift because I couldn't fucking bend over. 
Yeah, so yeah, it, yeah. It, it's it's like it, it's an it depends thing. It's always an it depends thing. Like, well, I, I mean, I'm a big I'm big in, into you know having to train like an athlete. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're, to me, to me, maybe not others, but to me, you're a professional athlete. So, you know, I think that powerlifters spend some powerlifters spend too much time being so good at the big three lifts mm -hmm. that they're so like almost robotic. You know what I mean? Like yep. they're great squatters, great benchers, but that's what they do. Mm -hmm. um, you know what I mean? Put a put any kind of lateral movement into them, and they can't they can't handle it. Put a box jump in front of them, they can't. You know, stuff like that. So absolutely, I think, I think um, strength athletes need to train more athletically. You know what I mean? Yep. And even if they're they're bigger guys, I've talked to bigger guys, and I said even if you're just jumping onto a deadlift platform, you mm -hmm. know, but but if that's the highest you could jump, and then next week you add a, a one-inch mat and you're jumping, you know, mm -hmm. that's progressive. You know what I mean? You're still making progress with it. A absolutely. And that type of, like, that train of thought, I'm 100% behind. Like, that's what, what I meant by, like, the knees over toes guy stuff. That's just his marketing. That's just yeah. some some dude. His name is Ben or whatever. And it's I just, some, it, I don't know, but it's some dude that, like, figured out what, people like what people are going to buy and he just fucking leaned into it like more power to that guy but the biggest takeaway there is that it's gonna be so much more benefit like power lifters and powerlifting in general we're all about movement economy basically make making the movement as efficient as possible so that we can get the most work done over the shortest like span of distance yep. and still make it count in competition that is powerlifting in general because if I can, if I can shorten my range of motion on bench press and still and still lock out six hundred pounds, you're goddamn sure I'm going to do it. Yep. But the pro with movement economy, you can't train every aspect of your training like that because what happens when you lose position, which is bound to happen at some point, then you ought to think about doing stuff like not just assigning like the name knees over toes guy to this. But it's like maybe this is when in your accessory movement or in your uh, in your like off seasons or whatever, maybe do some stuff that drastically increases the range of motion. Train the length and position of the muscles. Train explosive power in the length and positions of the muscles. Do some long jumps. Do some jumps. Do some deficit push-ups. Do some flies with like a... Okay, we're back. So live only gives you, I guess, exactly an hour before it cuts you off. I, I didn't know that either. But No, I didn't well. either. <laughs> I just said you got one minute left, and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's like, fuck. Um, but all I was saying was, like, powerlift, like you were saying, powerlifters are going to get more out of their powerlifting peaking and out of their strength if they train in, in lengthened positions and essentially just like expose themselves to stuff that they are not that great at far away from their competitions. Gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, let's see. Some and dude just says he dig, he digs my only fans. Yeah, so it's kind of, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what you're looking at because nothing, nothing, nothing's public anymore so i'm gonna change my passwords dog <laughs> yeah someone actually asked here we know you have an only fan share your link i i don't <laughs> i really don't if you send me 500 dollars, i'll send you a fucking fully torqued pick but i'm not doing it till i get the money first <laughs> exactly um in your opinion how long and this is this is going to be another it depends question but in your opinion, how long can someone ride on just TRT before they have to add other drugs into there? Um, I don't think you. I don't think you ever have to add other drugs into there. Like that's that's a. Can you block ACO AKOSP eighty five? What the hell is going on? Hold yeah. on. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, you can fucking, uh, you can right, ride that. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I'm, I'm not doing that, but, um, you can, uh, you can ride, you can ride that for forever because as long as you put yourself in supra physiological ranges of 
testosterone, which, which technically isn't TRT, but most people that run TRT these days aren't running TRT. They're just doing a low dose testosterone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and as long as you basically like max yourself out on those, you can ride, you can ride those gains for a long, long time. It's just, this is where it depends. It depends on what the end goal is, because if you want to be the biggest and strongest and, and most athletic and healthiest version of yourself, you can fucking ride that for forever. But if you are someone who might not have the, the, the top of the top genetics or program or experience or whatever, you might not be able to get to a point where it's like, oh, I'm breaking all time world records doing that. And then if that's the goal, that's where it's like, okay, you may need to start exploring other options. Absolutely. Absolutely. Your pops, your pops chimed in. He said, how much do you miss your father? I, I miss my dad very much. I, uh, I w the, the only thing that could make my like life situation better currently would also be living around my family. Cause I, 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 I'm dad very much. Gotcha. Where now? Where did they? Where do they live? Where's your family live? If you don't mind, they uh, they live they they live in Flushing, Michigan, uh, just outside of Flint, Michigan. I I grew up in Flint, um, and they've they've been there for forever. That I I moved to like everybody thinks I'm from Ohio originally, but I, I moved to Ohio for college when I was like seven, uh, 18. and uh, I just I stayed and worked there until I was like. And then open and open that gym and did all that until I was like 27. So I, I lived in Ohio for like 10 years, but I originally grew up in Michigan and that's where my family is. Uh, I saved the best question for last here. When you retire, what do you want to be remembered for? Dude, uh, obviously the, uh, the impact and like the, the impact and the legacy I leave and like how, how much better I potentially made it for everybody that comes after me, you know? Cause like, I, I know like, I, yeah, I have an all time world record. I have an all time world record squat. I I'm piecing together uh, a really good total now that I'm like actually getting healthy and I might be able to like take a crack at some like top five finishes at like the big, the big, big meets around. But that's not, that's not what like it is what i'm in this for but it's also not what i've stayed in this for as long as i have for um i i i coach coaches a lot of my clients that i coach that have been with me for years have gone on to coach other athletes i i don't i i i've always viewed myself because i've considered going I got accepted to a couple of master's programs and like doctoral programs once I got out of college. I just never went, but I've always I've always viewed myself as kind of like more in a teaching role uh, than anything else, and that's kind of what I continue to try to embody and personify. So like I wanna I wanna leave things better than I found them. I wanna leave people better than I found them, and I've always. I've always, this is something that I got from my dad. Um, I never, there's never, or it's very, very hard for one person to change the world, for one person to change the entire world. But one person can very easily change another person's world. And, and you can make an impact on another individual that changes their perspective for the better for the rest of their life. And that right there, yeah, that, that right there is changing a world because they go on and do that same thing for other people. And there's a re I, I have, I have live, live, learn, pass on tattooed on my arm. That's, that's the elite FTS motto. And even though I'm not affiliated with elite FTS anymore, I, I still that I still stand by that creed like vehemently because that that's what life is about. It's about give giving back and serving others so that they can be better and they can go forth and make everything better and just just bring up like a rising tide raises all ships and that and that's another reason why I never I never think it's productive to be like fuck that side of powerlifting particularly or fuck that side of powerlifting particularly blah 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 it's all powerlifting and we can all benefit from one another it's like collaboration is so much more powerful than like 
condemnation or combat or whatever the fuck. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I am wrapped up. I don't know about you. I got everything done that I wanted to get done. So what I like to do at the end is kind of open the mic to you. Give shout outs, give plug anything you're working on, uh, any of your own business stuff, give any advice you want to give. O open mic time for you. Oh, I mean, I like, fuck, man, you guys, I fucking talk enough on the internet. <laughs> if you guys follow me, you'll get a lot of this. Um, but you you can f like follow me at Joe Sullivan underscore AOD uh, on Instagram. That's pretty much the thing that I post on uh, most consistently. Uh, the AOD stands for Adapt or Die. My coaching uh, business is the Adapt or Die Collective. Uh, and to the to the uh, the the train of thought where we're talking about like what do I want to be remembered by and like leaving a legacy and like teaching and whatnot. I'm actually uh, launching a mentorship program. Uh, aiming to get it out by the new year. So if anyone is interested in this type of thought where it's like, because the attempt will be to coach coaches to become better coaches and just better people, more empathetic, understanding leaders and more effective leaders uh, in their gyms or in their businesses or whatever. Uh, check that out. I'm, also, I'm just going to be like posting a lot of shit about that too. Like as you guys... Again, I talk on the internet a lot. Yeah, yeah. I am a dude well, that yells into a smart I'd be into. That's something yeah. I'd be into for sure. So you might yeah. have a client right there. Hey, absolutely. But like the, the website is the AODcollective.com. Uh, I gave you my Instagram already. I'm always on this fucking thing. Like this is my full-time gig. I have, I have like 57 clients right now. Uh, so I'm busy as fuck, but I'm always on my phone. Uh, so if you guys do need me or have any questions, hit me up. I, I, I make it a point to get back to everybody. Um, and, and I, and I genuinely love what I do. That's why I keep, that's why I've been doing this shit for as long as I have. If, if, if I didn't enjoy it, if I didn't love it, I don't think I would have stayed powerlifting through all the fucking injuries I've had and all, all, all the stiff stuff I've done, uh, gone through, you know, but I, and genuinely, like, th thank you, dude, for having me on the podcast. Uh, thanks to the Hellbent guys, because I know that I've, like, it, as, a, as a more immature lifter, I've talked shit about Multiply in the past and whatnot. Yeah. But I'm, I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad to, uh, glad to share perspectives and whatnot. So it's, it's always cool for me. It's always a positive. Absolutely. Well, you got, you got fans and friends in us, of course, and it was a pleasure having you, man. Yeah, thank you, dude. And I appreciate the, uh, the, the patience when it comes to this little idiot over here who has <laughs> separation cute. anxiety. <laughs> but all right, all right okay, dude. So hopefully we I, do yeah, it again you. soon, all right? Yeah, absolutely, man. Like when, uh, whenever, whenever you want me back on, just hit me up. I'm, I'm always more than willing to have a conversation. Perfect. Sounds good, man. Thank you. All right, cool. See you, dude. Take care. You too.